The high and getting higher cost of living here in Florida. Inflation is hitting everyone, and it seemingly is everywhere. Housing, groceries, and gas. The economy and those high prices are likely to be top issues as voters go to the polls this summer and fall. This is the Florida Roundup. From WLRN Public Media in Miami and WJCT Public Media in Jacksonville, I'm Tom Hudson. And I'm Melissa Ross. Well, $5 a gallon gas, skyrocketing home prices and rents, bigger grocery bills. How are you dealing with inflation? And what about retirees living on fixed incomes? What are your tips to haggle higher prices? Plus, how could inflation affect your vote this election year? Join us statewide, 305-995-1800. Support for the Florida Roundup comes from ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, family-owned and operated since 1936. Guests can shop any of ABC's 125 Florida stores and get curbside service through abcfws.com. Welcome to the Florida Roundup here on Florida Public Radio. Thanks for listening this week. I'm Tom Hudson in Miami. And I'm Melissa Ross in Jacksonville. Well, gas, groceries, rent, insurance. It's been getting more expensive to live here in Florida, a lot more expensive. Now, overall, prices for all kinds of things are up nearly 9% from this time last year. And all of you out there know paychecks are not keeping up with these really difficult price hikes. Inflation, it's squeezing us here in Florida, especially seniors, a huge population in the Sunshine State. Yeah, so we're going to spend the hour talking about inflation and really want to hear how you're dealing with it. What are the tips and uh, uh, true ways that you can uh, try to manage your own household budget and share those ideas with others? Are you driving less, carpooling? Maybe you've changed the times uh, and the kinds of groceries that you're buying. Help others by sharing your stories. Let us know how you're getting by. 305-995-1800. 305-995-1800. You can also hit us up on social media. We're on Twitter at Florida Roundup. Now, a little bit later on in the program, we are going to include politics in this conversation. We have to, mm-hmm. Melissa, right? Inflation and the mm-hmm. economy are going to affect the elections this summer and fall. Absolutely right. That's later in the hour. But first, let's welcome Sean Snaith, director at the Institute for Economic Forecasting at the University of Central Florida. Hey, Sean. Good afternoon. Good to be with you. So we are feeling the pain of this, everybody. How sticky is this inflation? How long do you think it's going to stick around? Uh, well, I think unfortunately, uh, it's it's going to be here for probably uh, another six to twelve months. Um, the the uh, energy prices uh, we're not seeing uh, domestic production respond in the way it has historically to to these high prices. So we're not seeing any supply side uh, relief uh, coming to the rescue and. Uh, on the food piece of uh, the cost of living, you know, one of one of the things that doesn't uh, uh, get a lot of attention, uh, but has been transpiring over the course of the past year and a half, is that as oil and natural gas prices uh, have have risen, um, the cost of fertilizer uh, has gone up substantially. So, you know, in, in some ways, there's still another crop, if you will, of of 
food price inflation uh, that has gone into the ground that, uh, you know, again, will not fade away very quickly. Mm. And are there any particular factors driving high prices in Florida, or are we just sort of part of the overall national trend? Yeah, I I think that, uh, you know, what's happening in Florida is not different from what we're seeing around the country, Um, you know, perhaps with the uh, exception of of the housing market, which is, you know, particularly robust here and, 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 you know, dealing with a uh, a severe shortage that has been driving up uh, both home prices uh, and, and rents as well. So there may be other states where the housing market situation is not as acute. But you know, when it comes to energy and food costs, uh, you know, we're all in this uh, in this together. Absolutely, but you know, Sean, as you say, the housing part of this is a huge pain point. Uh, people might be able to afford gas that costs a lot more, uh, a bigger grocery bill. But then when you throw in skyrocketing rents, it's Mm. just become too much for people, particularly senior citizens on fixed incomes. What are your thoughts about that at your institute? Uh, Well, uh, you know, when you look at uh, households uh, that have uh, incomes of $80,000 or less, uh, their expenditures, 55%. Uh, of their expenditures goes uh, to two two categories, housing and transportation. Uh, and so this is a, you know, a, a real pinch uh, for these households because, you know, you, you, you can do some, some things on the, on the transportation costs to, to, to a degree, but, uh, you know, the housing costs are uh, a more difficult pill to swallow. And so, um, you know, I, I'd love to tell you we're, we're predicting that this is going to um, resolve itself within a few months and, and, and the cost of these, uh, these items uh, is, is going to decline substantially. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, the, um, the supply side here is not uh, helping uh, ameliorate uh, these high prices. And I think Ultimately, uh, the the relief is going to have to come from the demand side, and I think that the Fed, uh, in its actions to try to get uh, inflation to, to to heal here and back down towards its two percent uh, target level, uh, you know, is likely in the next twelve months going to uh, push the economy into a recession. Uh, and Great. You know, that, more good news. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. It, it is the dismal yeah. science. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. yeah, no, you're right. Absolutely right. Uh, hold that thought, Sean. We're speaking with Sean Snaith, director at the Institute for Economic Forecasting at UCF, about inflation, high prices for gas, food, rent. We want to hear from you, Florida. Let us know how you're doing. Tell us your stories. 305 305- Nine nine five eighteen hundred. Jay in St. Pete on the line now. Hi, Jay. Go ahead. Hey, hey. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, uh, just uh, the subject matter really appealed to me, and I just wanted to share what I'm going through. So I'm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, recently retired, and um, although we own our own home and we don't have a mortgage, uh, uh, the uh, insurance uh, prices have uh, have gone up so high, and uh, I'm actually. I'm actually uh, driving a little bit of Uber and Lyft 
a couple, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of days a week to make ends meet. And uh, as far as food, I don't, I don't buy anything unless it's, uh, uh, it's got to be on sale. And if it's not on sale, it better be something that I really need. Thank you. Jay, Jay, thanks for sharing your story. Okay, Sean, Jay is so similar to so many other Florida residents out there. He's retired, but he's having to take a little part-time work just to make ends meet. You know, the unemployment rate is low, 3%. Uh, but people are having to take these kinds of moves right now uh, to put their household budget together. Can you share your thoughts about that and and how are wages responding to this tight job market, too? Sure. Uh, you know, I think uh, Jay's behavior is, is, is uh, you know, sort of typical of how consumers um, change the way they play the game, if you will, when the rules change. And so, you know, the price of goods and services, uh, you know, is one of the rules that we face when we're trying to allocate our, our household budgets. Now, the labor market, you know, we had a jobs report come out this morning and, uh, exceeded predictions for the number of jobs added, and there are um, you know millions of jobs, uh, job openings that remain unfilled. So, you know, finding a job right now is is, is not the problem. Um, and wages have uh, gone up; uh, they've 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 uh, risen 5.2 percent year over year. But you know, we're looking at 8.3 uh, percent. Uh, inflation year over year and probably rising when we get the May data. And so uh, there's more dollars in, in our pocketbooks, but those dollars are buying less goods and services. Mm-hmm. Alex in Tallahassee. Hi, Alex. How are you? I do no okay, but, uh, you know, very concerned about uh, the out of control inflation. Remember, this is the core inflation. They're not even including the cost of food or fuel in that 8 to 9% inflation rate. Once you include that in there, I mean, we're well over 10%, 12 13%. So uh, the uh, earlier statement that this is going to be around for three to six months, that's just, that is way, way off. I, maybe I'm just older than, than your uh, uh, speaker there, but, you know, in the 1970s, uh, we had a similar thing occurring with out-of-control inflation. Uh, it, took, it didn't look like there was going to be any solution. But then they had an election. They threw the bums out. They put in a different uh, president. He went, he went very draconian on it. And it took Reagan over two years to turn things around. I mean, that was it was a, a very slow going. In fact, it was closer to three years. So uh, I don't think that this is going to change any time in the short term. This is going to be a two to three, maybe even four year thing. Well, heck, it's going to take two more years just to change the administration. So... Um, you know, settle in. And well, and, you know, and, and to, to be clear, there are limited tools any White House can can use other than, I believe, what the what Sean mentioned about the Fed to really get at the heart of this. But I want to put your question to Sean Snaith, Alex. OK, we've, we've got an overall 8.8 percent rate of, of inflation that per uh, my co-host, Tom Hudson. What can the White House or other leaders do to get at this problem? And what about his perception that we're in this for the long haul? Sean Snaith. Uh, yes. Well, you know, I, I, unfortunately, I did live through the 1970s and uh, <laughs> in the early 80s and, and uh, you know, experienced that persistent and high inflation. Now, that uh, inflation was double digit. It went uh, for many years in the 70s, and it took uh, you know, really uh, the Federal Reserve 
raising short-term interest rates in the early 80s uh, to nearly 20% to break the hold that inflation had, uh, the grip that it had uh, on our economy. And I think that the Fed, um, you know, institutionally, this memory is, is uh, you know, still bright. And I, I think that they're going to, and I hope they will start moving more expeditiously uh, to raise interest rates uh, in a manner that will uh, bring inflation down uh, more quickly rather than dragging this out over multiple years. Now, I, uh, this is not going to happen in three to six months. I didn't say that. I, you know, I think we're you know, in for at least a, a year before we start to see you know, substantial declines in it, but it may take longer. But the sooner the Fed acts, the better. Um, as far as uh, you know, fiscal policy, as far as the administration, uh, you know, this horse is out of the barn. Um, you know, the best thing that they can do now, you know, many of these proposals are not going to help uh, and, and could, in fact, worsen the situation, such as, you know, these, uh, you know, proposed anti-gouging bills and things along that line. The best thing they can do uh, is not engage in any further uh, deficit spending. Um, you know, the roots of, of this problem, uh, inflation, the supply chain, the labor market, high oil and gasoline prices, can be traced directly back to our COVID-19 policies. This is where it all began, uh, shutting down the economy, closing schools, uh, plunging the economy uh, from you know, a, a strong and robust one into the worst recession since the Great Depression. And then after two months reopening it and, and things came roaring back, but we poured $6 trillion uh, of spending on top of that uh, that robust recovery that just, uh, you know, really drove uh, all of these problems that we're experiencing. You know, we teach uh, introductory uh, economic students the concept of inflation by saying, well, it's too many dollars chasing too few goods. Uh, and we poured trillions of dollars onto a, an economy that was roaring back and uh, there's too few goods. And, and you see that on the shelves in grocery stores and Walmart and Target and, and uh, other places. Let's bring in Larry Polivka. He's the former director of the Claude Pepper Center at Florida State University. The center focuses on issues for older Americans, including retirement security. And uh, Larry, welcome back to Florida Public Radio. It's retirement insecurity with these inflation numbers, uh, with uh, uh, so many retirees having to deal with. How is inflation affecting retired Floridians? Um. Good morning, Tom. It's a it's a privilege to, to be here with you all. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, you know the the uh, the fact is that, uh, and incidentally, Sean's overview was very helpful this morning, leading on to my comments and others and the people you've gotten phone calls from. But the um, retirees are not one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very diverse population. It's a very large, large population that is uh, growing very rapidly in Florida and nationally. But within that population, um, there are people, it's, there are very diverse economic statuses. And uh, there are some retirees, probably in the neighborhood of 10 to 20 percent, who are doing very well and have been doing very well for several years. There are also, however, a very large, there's a very large percentage of retirees who are, um, comparatively speaking, fairly poorly prepared for retirement in terms of their pensions, in terms of savings, in terms of health coverage, even if they have Medicare, if they don't have 
uh, if they're not Medicare Advantage or a, um, a supplemental plan, mm -hmm. uh, they will be paying a lot out of pocket and you will pay a lot out of pocket as you need care, even with those protections. Um, so we're already talking about a population that in terms of the majority of, uh, of it is uh, very sensitive about economic status, their economic status and the impact of things like this inflation rate, yeah. which I think John pointed out is higher than it's been since the 80s or even the late 70s, the yeah. way it's headed. Now, Larry, it has influenced Social Security cost of living increases. This year, Social Security recipients received almost a 6% so-called COLA uh, increase, uh, historic highs. Um, that's right. And, you know, Sean may argue or, or may want to point out that actually could feed inflation because though that that kind of pay hike, right, and I call it a pay hike with Social Security, gets back embedded into the economy. The uh, That's the COLA mm -hmm. arrangement that's been in place since 1972 and has uh, been essential in um, preventing um, the poverty levels uh, from increasing among older people. Before Social Security, uh, you know, the poverty level was very high. Mm -hmm. Before the COLA increase in 1972, we still had 20 to 25 percent of the older population receiving Social Security uh, in, in, in poverty or near poverty. So the COLA has been very important to sustaining the quality of life for retirees for uh, 50 years. But what are Florida retirees who, re who who depend on Social Security, who haven't prepared or, or are unable to prepare for retirement, and they're seeing a 6% COLA increase in those Social yeah. Security payments, but seeing, you know, $5 a gallon gasoline? Uh, exactly. I mean, it's the same kind of problem that was mentioned earlier in terms of the gap between the inflation rate and the overall salary, uh, the wage increase over the last six months. Uh, the uh, inflation's moving along at eight plus percent. Uh, the wage increases is uh, a little bit over five percent. So you've got a three percent gap already. That's that will make people very unhappy, especially if inflation is sustained in the way that we've been talking about this morning. Let me say something about the Florida retiree population, Tom. It is um, it is diverse, as I just described, the national retirement retiree population, and the big division based on research that was done some years ago, but I doubt that it has changed because these things don't change in, you know, very quickly. Um, between the people who move here, the in-migrating mm -hmm. retirees, and the native uh, folks who uh, sort of uh, age in place, retire in place. And there is a major difference in that, between those two subpopulations in terms of economic status. The native population is significantly poorer with fewer assets and savings than the folks who are moving here. Mm. And one of the reasons for that, or one of the things associated with that, is the fact that it's disproportionately minority and single women compared to the people who are moving into the state, mm. at least initially. Yeah. Larry, stick with us here. Larry Polifka is with us, former director of the Claude Pepper Center for Florida State University, centering on issues of older Floridians, including retirement security. We also have with us Sean Snaith, director of the Institute of Economic Forecasting, University of Central Florida, talking about inflation here in Florida, inviting you to share some of your tips. Tracy sends us this tweet. My middle class neighbors and I have organized to pick up one day per week unneeded food that would otherwise uh, not be donated to charities because of its perishability. So we're basically have a middle class 
food bank is the way Tracy describes it to us at Florida Roundup on Twitter. We want to hear from you as well. If you're on the line, stick with us. 305-995-1800. How are you dealing with inflation and how could it affect your vote this summer and fall during this election year? 305-995-1800 on the Florida Roundup from Florida Public Radio. Support for the Florida Roundup comes from ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Florida family-owned and operated since 1936, and a proud supporter of public radio. ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Always be celebrating. Welcome back to the Florida Roundup. Thanks for listening. I'm Melissa Ross in Jacksonville. In Miami, I'm Tom Hudson talking about inflation, and we want to hear how you're coping with it. Buying in bulk, carpooling, uh, sharing expenses, perhaps, 305-995-1800, 305-995-1800, at Florida Roundup on Twitter. Sean Snaith is still with us from the University of Central Florida, and Larry Polivka is the former director of the Claude Pepper Center at the Florida State University, focusing on older Floridians. In Nassau County, Glenn has been listening in. Glenn, go ahead and uh, share your thoughts. Thanks for calling. Well, I live in very old apartments that are 50 years old. Mm-hmm. So the rent's been, always been pretty pretty low. Right now, it's, with water and everything, it's $770. It's going up in two months by about $500. And I don't have an extra $500. My wife is disabled. And this is just Wall Street investors they're taking over the, the rental apartments, and uh, I ain't got nowhere to go. I'm going to mm. have to find the money to do this, mm. and that's, uh, that's all I got. Yeah, Glenn, uh, thank you for sharing the real mm. tough situation you've got there in Nassau County. Uh, Larry, Sean, uh, first Larry, uh, you know, what kind of advice could you give Glenn, who's facing a $500 cost of living increase with his apartment? And, uh, yeah. you know, it's happening in about six to eight weeks or so, it sounds like, in August. Yes, and unfortunately, Glenn is not alone. Um, and the uh, the factor that he pointed to um, is at, at play here, and Sean can address this uh, probably more informal way than I can, but the fact is we have had uh, private equity firms moving into Florida and other states especially since the Great Recession and the collapse of the housing industry back in 9 and 10. And they have bought up a lot of these properties, converted them to rental in, in many cases, and um, and are in a position now, or they may have sold it to another PE since they bought it years ago, to increase, mm-hmm. um, to increase the rents because there's a serious housing shortage. Sure, but what kind of options does someone like Glenn have? I mean, you could hear kind of the growing desperation in his voice. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think that uh, the first that comes to mind, based on my my experience in aging services in Florida, Tom, is to uh, check with the area agency on aging, or what's called the AAA. Uh, I don't recall where he's from, but it may be the Nassau County in Northeast Florida. Yeah, well, that would be uh, probably the, um, the, um, you know, in in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Um, or uh, you, you could find the office. And I know they have a wide range of assistance, including for housing as part of their mission. So I would suggest that you start there. 
And of course, there's yeah, always great. the public housing authority. But the, the best conduit to them may be through the AAA as an older person. Yeah. Aging True, Glenn, if you're still listening, is uh, one local agency helping seniors with issues like this. You know, Sean Snaith uh, over at UCF, let me ask you this. Uh, the state legislature just held a special session on property insurance reform. They were lobbied pretty heavily to also try to do something about the housing crisis in Florida, and they really haven't acted very aggressively. What more could could state leadership be doing to provide many thousands of Floridians out there some relief? People are simply unable to afford the cost of living, the cost of rent, the cost of housing in this state increasingly. Uh, well, you know, I, I, I'm unaware uh, of, you know, any region or, or, or state in the country where the government has been able to uh, solve the affordable housing uh, issue via, via some program or trying to provide uh, housing, uh, you know, any sort of rent controls, things along those lines end up. Well, they, they could incentivize the building of more of more workforce housing. I mean, there have been a lot of suggestions that have been put out. I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. Right. No, that right. But that that's that's on the supply side. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, state and, and local governments, um, to the extent that they can uh, grease the skids, if you will, to speed up the process of getting new housing coming out of the ground. Of course, this is also in an environment where we're dealing with ongoing problems in the supply chain and the ability to get the materials that are needed for construction and to get them, uh, you know, when they do, they're at much higher cost. So, uh, you know, th this is uh, a, a constrained supply that is driving up prices of, of single family housing and, and uh, the, the rents associated with those in apartments as well. Let's hear from Paul in Ocala. He's got some ideas about how to go after inflation. Paul, thanks for listening and calling. Oh, thank you. Um, it's it's more on a macro level, and as far as uh, how people handle, you know, whether they have a garden or whatever, that's out there. All excellent tips, but on a on a kind of a national level, um, just a few things: a temporary windfall profits tax that uh, that takes uh, corporate. They have record profits right now. You know, you redistribute them as direct payments to everyday Americans. And they're doing that in Britain, so it's not a case of, you know, well, gee, it's reinventing the wheel here. Or, I mean, they've had a conservative uh, government in, in Britain, and they're doing that over there. And really, really, really important, tougher uh, revival of the antitrust enforcement to address the growing concentration in the economy in just the hands of a few, few giant corporations. Uh, since the 1980s, over two-thirds of uh, industries have, have become more concentrating, uh, enabling the corporations to raise taxes. Because let's face it, if there was true competition, they would be a little bit hesitant to to uh, pass on those prices. Yeah. And now they've they've got you know it's like the game is rigged. You know, it's monopolies, oligopolies, and, and that's that's the name of the game. Paul, we appreciate you uh, giving a voice there from uh, Ocala, and we've heard some uh, some folks also on Twitter at Florida Roundup talking about corporate profits and uh, redistributing. Uh, some of the uh, record high profits and the huge bounce back that we've seen in core for profitability after those first initial months of the uh, pandemic economy. Sean, uh, how about tackling inflation through the federal tax code, the federal corporate tax code? 
Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, not likely to work and, 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 and may uh, you know, actually you know, worsen uh, the situation in many cases. Now, I certainly agree that uh, you know, when you have situations of monopoly or oligopoly, uh, that impacts uh, economic efficiency. But uh, you know, corporate profitability uh, is reaching these levels because demand uh, is so incredibly high uh, across the board. All this spending uh, by consumers, fueled by by you know trillions of dollars of federal spending, is what what is behind this. Now, if you uh, you know reduce the profit incentive, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to you know, change the behavior of firms in terms of investing, in terms of expanding output, and really that's what we need. We don't want to reduce the incentive. Uh, of, of firms to produce more at a time when, uh, you know, there is a shortage of many goods and services. Sharon on the line from Northport, Florida. Hi, Sharon. What's Hi, up with you? you? All right. Thanks for okay, calling. So, thank you. Um, all right. So the area that I live on the West coast of Florida is it's grown so astronomically so quickly um, landlords, and yes, our properties are being bought up by people that are looking to rent them out at profit. So my rent just went up this month from seventeen hundred to twenty two hundred dollars a month. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm sixty seven years old. I work full time, and I just accepted a part time weekend position. Um, you, you know, I'm not, you're not, most of us are not eligible for assistance and rental assistance and financial aid. Um, if we work full time during our careers, our social security checks already just threw us out that we can't even get food stamps. Um, the housing market, I was saying, all right, so I rent, I had already lost my home to foreclosure in the last round of, uh, upside down mortgages. So I, I, I was looking, and you and trailers are going for two hundred thousand dollars a month, uh, two hundred thousand um, dollars to sell. The houses that are being built up the road for me and apartments, um, they were four hundred thousand. They've taken those signs down, and they're selling for six hundred and eight hundred thousand because they said people from out of state are moving here at astronomical rates and offering more money than what is being asked yeah well hey sharon let me ask you let me let let me ask you would you consider leaving florida because of all of these economic nightmares no um i came from new york originally uh, but it's been over 20 years but now my family is here my children followed me now my grandchildren are here and now i have a great-grandchild so even if I couldn't afford to stay here, I had to figure out other ways, um, which is why now I'm working two full-time jobs, and I took in roommates so that they could help with uh, rent and utilities. You know, you have to do Sharon, you, you know, I, I'm, so, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. You know, it's, it's just heartbreaking that uh, right when people are reaching retirement age, particularly here in Florida where there's so many retirees that they're having this stress and this economic anxiety. And I'm so sorry. Uh, I, I can tell you're, you're trying to figure it out like so many others. And I really appreciate you calling in and giving voice to this, Sharon. Thanks for your call. 
Keep calling, sharing your stories with us, please. 305-995-1800. 305-995-1800 at Florida Roundup on Twitter. Larry Polivka has been our guest, former director of the Claude Pepper Center at Florida State University. Larry, thanks for sharing your expertise with us. Much appreciated. Thank you very much, Tom. And Sean Snaith, the director at the Institute for Economic Forecasting at the University of Central Florida. Professor, thanks for sharing your prognostication of the dismal science with us here on the Florida Roundup. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for having me. Well, this week, President Biden met with Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell, and they met at the White House to talk about these high prices. Uh, my plan is to address inflation. It starts with a simple proposition. Respect the Fed. Respect the Fed's independence, which I have done and will continue to do. Now, as we've been talking about, the Federal Reserve has begun raising interest rates in an effort to make borrowing money more expensive. That will help cool down inflation. Now, Governor Ron DeSantis has been a frequent critic for years of President Biden, but particularly his handling of the economy. Here's Governor DeSantis from two weeks ago. So they're just trying to find a scapegoat. But I think what's going to happen, you're seeing interest rates go up. You're going to probably continue to see that. That's going to put um, a, a, a downward pressure on the a growth of the economy. And, and you very well could end up seeing this country plunged into a recession. And so I hope that doesn't happen. There's no doubt that the economy and inflation will influence this election season here in Florida and elsewhere. We want to hear from you now, 305-995-1800. Republicans, Democrats, NPAs, same phone number for everybody here on the Florida Roundup, 305-995-1800, as you're listening to the Florida Roundup from Florida Public Radio. Well, all this talk got us to wondering how will all of these inflationary pressures affect politics? Midterm elections are coming up as voters head to the polls around the state, both this summer and fall. We're pleased to welcome right now Fernand Amandi, managing partner of Ben Dixon and Amandi and lecturer at the University of Miami. Hey, Fernand. Hey, Melissa. Pleasure to be with you as always. You and Tom. Good to be with you. Also with us, Mike Binder, pollster and head of the Public Opinion Research Lab at UNF in Jacksonville. Hi, Mike. Hi, Melissa. Thanks for having me today. And it's 305-995-1800. Let us know how you'll be voting this fall and if inflation might be playing a role. In a minute, we'll hear from Fernand. But Mike, let, let me begin with you. Any polling showing how Florida voters are feeling right now when it comes to the economy? Yeah, the economy uh, is and has been one of the biggest concerns coming out of of COVID. And once that was on the way down here in Florida and and nationally, for that matter, the economy has been the number one concern, especially the last year or so with inflation. Inflation has surpassed uh, jobs. It has surpassed uh, taxes, all those kinds of economic concerns. Inflation is it. And it is absolutely the economy always plays a big role in midterm elections and presidential elections. And no doubt uh, this fall it's going to as well. And, And that typically means bad news for the party that is in power in the White House. And certainly that is a big challenge, big headwinds for the Democratic Party. Fernanda Mondi, you consult mainly for Democrats. What are the challenges for this party? They will likely face the voters' anger uh, in the midterms. And might there be any differences here in Florida? 
Well, I think the key question is understanding what caused inflation, what are the causes of inflation, because I agree with Mike. There is no doubt that in the public opinion polling, that right now is the number one issue. But as we like to say in politics, elections have consequences. And here in Florida, what you see Governor DeSantis and the Republican Party trying to do is pull off an election year trick. Number one. The Republicans have had total control over the state of Florida for over 20 years. And you talked earlier about the affordable housing problems that we're seeing experience here in the state. This is not something that is unique to just the last two years. This has been an increasing problem over the decades. And when we talk about the consequences of elections and the stewardship of control in this state of Florida that the Republicans have had total political control of over the last 20 years, you look at something as anonymous as the 1992 State Housing Trust Fund, which was set up by Democratic governors to put a small tax on real estate transactions precisely to set aside millions of dollars for affordable housing. What happened, however, was in the early 2000s, when the Republicans took control, they started raiding that fund. And in the last 20 years, they've deviated $2.3 billion of the just under $5 billion collected from the affordable housing fund to other priorities. That money has not been replaced. So the answer that Governor DeSantis has to folks that say, wait a minute, my housing prices are going up. They're skyrocketing. What does Governor DeSantis have to say? Well, tough cookies. It's just because everybody wants to move from Florida. So I think if the Democrats can put that spotlight, who is responsible here in Florida where we all are, where this conversation is being held and discussed, this is a Republican problem that they have not solved to the satisfaction of the voters. We want to hear from all the voters here on the Florida Roundup as we talk about inflation and high housing prices Uh, We did invite a series of Republican strategists to join us on the show today to counterbalance for none, uh, none accepted. But we want to hear from you here on the Roundup 305-995-1800. We'll continue in just a few minutes with Mike Binder at UNF and Fernanda Mondi of University of Miami. Give us a call. This is the Florida Roundup from Florida Public Radio. Support for the Florida Roundup comes from ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, family-owned and operated since 1936. Guests can visit 125 stores throughout Florida or shop online at abcfws.com. Welcome back to the Florida Roundup here on Florida Public Radio. Thanks for supporting public broadcasting in your community. I'm Tom Hudson in Miami. I'm Melissa Ross in Jacksonville. Lots of tweets. Here's one from Wes. The state legislature has handcuffed county and city governments from doing almost anything to address skyrocketing rents. Here's another tweet. We need more multifamily housing near the cities rather than all of the suburban sprawl. Charles tweets the show. Your guests have been, he was talking about earlier guests, not our current guests, uh, are giving disingenuous takes. The roots of our problem are income inequality over generations. We want your thoughts about the inflationary crunch here on the Roundup, 305-995-1800. As we continue with guests Fernand Amandi of Ben Dixon and Amandi and Mike Binder of UNF's Public Opinion Research Lab. You know, Mike, um, earlier in the hour we heard a, a caller, a senior citizen, retired here in the state and saying she's having to take part-time jobs 
that she had come down here from New York. There's been a lot of that happening in recent years in Florida. People coming down here for the good life, you know, hoping for lower prices, sunshine, uh, wanting to put their feet up a lower cost of living than they were dealing with in some northern states. What do you see as the the long-term politics for Florida because this state is not as affordable as it used to be? And it's not slowing down the influx of people from other parts of the country. And I don't envision that changing anytime soon. And, And a big contributor is, yes, we get tons of retirees moving to Florida to get out of the cold. And I understand that. But you're also beginning to see people that are not quite at retirement age beginning to look down here as well because jobs are transitioning remote in much greater percentages and an ever-increasing pace. So now you can work literally from anywhere for almost anybody. So now it becomes about where do I want to live? Do I need to live in the cold? Do I need to live in the snow? Do I want to go to Florida? And, And I think you're seeing more of that. And A market is real, right? There was some housing shortages beforehand. They've been exacerbated coming out of COVID and that drives up prices and money coming in from other parts of the country where maybe costs of livings were higher and they can spend more to come here and that's going to drive up prices down here. And if you're a homeowner, that's potentially good. But if you're a renter, it is potentially crippling. Mm -hmm. For Nod, you know, For both parties, how do you see the Republicans and the Democrats trying to capture the the hearts of a lot of these new Florida residents? Well, again, I mean, I think it's incumbent on the Democrats to do what we've seen them do. There was just a special session that was convened last week in an attempt to try and tackle the property insurance market, which we know has an impact on housing and housing costs. But when the Democrats urged the Republicans to add the subject of affordable housing to that agenda, that request was ignored. And it's a function of making the case that while one party has actually not only tried to tackle this problem, but has created funds and revenue streams to address the problem directly, that being the Democrats over the years and the decades, the Republicans who have been in charge and in control of the state over the same period of time have chosen not to prioritize that and, in essence, take money away. As Mike talks about, these are problems that we have seen coming over the years and have been exacerbated over the last four years. Florida has had the highest increase in rental costs of anywhere in the United States. We've seen our property values skyrocket. Some of it, yes, impacted by lifestyle changes around the pandemic. But what have lawmakers done to address this crisis, to tackle it with real action as opposed to rhetoric? The answer is the Republican lawmakers that control the state and that have controlled the state for the last 20 years have done absolutely nothing. So if Democrats can make that case, I think there are going to be many sympathetic voter ears because folks are experiencing it with their bottom line and with their monthly rent and monthly mortgage payments. Let's listen to uh, and hear from some voters, Republican, Democrat, NPA, same phone number for everybody here on this Friday afternoon on the Florida Roundup, 305-995-1800, 305-995-1800. Mike is listening in in Boca Raton. Go ahead, Mike, you're on the radio. All right, good. Thank you for taking my call. I just want to start out to say that I am a Florida-born and native here in South Florida, And my topic, I just want to let you know, Florida is out of control in every aspect, from housing to traffic to overcrowding. And uh, you can't go to the beach anymore. 
and the rents and the property values are just out of control. And our Republican governor hasn't done I agree with all your previous guests. They're right on the money. They're not doing anything to slow it down and and that's my issue. And for that I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for Nikki Freed this year. I'm gonna give her everything I can. Well, I was thinking of Charlie Crisp, but I'm going to give Nikki Fried a shot. So t- tell us uh, what what tipped you over there in the Democratic primary vote coming up in August. I, I think she's more real to the to the needs of Floridians. Maybe she can do something about the property values and and the the ex- exponentials growth that's happening in our state. I mean, no offense to New York and New Jersey, they keep coming and coming. And like I said, I'm a Florida native, but in the last ten years. There's nothing left. There's no land left in Broward or Palm Beach County. Everything's Everybody's either being evicted. Mm. It just goes on and on and on, and I don't see it slowing down. And by the way, I'm a Florida native. I keep reiterating, all my friends that are Florida, we're all leaving. We're going out of the state. Where are you going, Mike? I have no idea yet. <laughs> I do know when I retire, guess where I'm Not here. Go? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to retire to New York. Because all the New Yorkers are here. Uh, Well, uh, right. Counterbalance, right? Every trade takes two parties. Every trade takes two parties. But they think this is paradise? No. Our charm is gone. I don't mean to be pessimistic to our state, but... Look around. Mike, thanks for lending your voice there from Boca Raton here on the Florida Roundup from Florida Public Radio. Mark in Jacksonville. Hi, Mark. What are your thoughts? Hey, look. So, you know, our... Our retirement age population here in Florida consistently, year after year, votes for Republicans. That's why they're in control, because the retirement age population votes. So, like, I think it's easy for them to get up here and complain about their economic situation, but then have amnesia for their voting pattern. Like, it makes no sense to me. Except for, you know, what does actually make sense to me is that they are validated by the Republican Party. So, like, their bigotry and their closed-mindedness they could be spoon-fed that by that party, and it validates them. And then they just go pull that lever for Papa DeSantis, and they complain about all of his policies afterwards. Mark, thanks. Uh, Mike Bender, not everyone might agree with Mark's take. Some might, some might not. Uh, but the senior vote is always a, a huge mammoth factor in elections. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, I think it's important to consider people often vote their interests. And if you're a retiree and you've moved into this state from elsewhere, or even you, if you have lived here, what are your concerns, right? You, you probably are, are in a house. And again, not everybody. We heard from a listener early. It's not the case. But you, know, you probably own your own home. And the fact that property values are going up is great for you because that gives you more equity that you can work with within your home. Yes, there's some downside for property taxes, but the value of your home is going up and that helps protect it an investment from inflation. So there are some positives to this aside from maybe the supposed bigotry and some of the other disconnects that may that has them voting their economic interests in a lot of ways. They're, you know, retirees generally speaking are less concerned about issues dealing with education because you know their kids aren't in school anymore and their kids probably aren't and their kids grandkids probably aren't even in the state anymore so there, there's a lot of things that go on and it's not just a blind disconnect 
for why people vote the way they do. Deborah sent us this tweet, Fernanda. I'd like you to respond to this in terms of the political climate and uh, that, that Mike just laid out there. Uh, Deborah wrote us, I unretired three years ago when Social Security and a small pension could not meet my needs. Uh, if you can, go back to work to deal with the cost of living. Deborah here in Florida, listening to the Florida Roundup, uh, uh, probably a registered voter, likely uh, a voter who'll participate in the political process. Um, uh, how do the parties represent what Deborah is experiencing? Well, you know, I, I think, Tom, what Deborah is talking about is what really will lead to the types of fundamental political shifts. When the pain really can no longer be ignored, when it starts to impact you in the type where Deborah's going to have to go back to work and unretire because she can no longer uh, enjoy the alleged affordability of Florida, that's when I start to think you will see kind of revolution in the way people look at these issues individually. But again, elections have consequences. If the voters who have the choice and can see what both parties are offering and their track record on the subject and continue to vote the way they've been voting historically, then they have to deal with those consequences. And that's, I think, what Mark was touching upon earlier. But again, for the Democrats, this is the opportunity to make a case, because it's a factual case, not a subjective or an opinion-based case. Republicans have had total political control of the state Mm -hmm. for over 20 years and in both houses of the legislature as well. So all of these situations in Florida today, whether you like them or not, are courtesy of the Republican Party. Fernanda Mondi is managing partner of Ben Dixon and Amandi and lecturer at the University of Miami. Mike Bender is a pollster and head of the Political Opinion Research Lab at the University of North Florida in Jacksonville. Fernanda, Mike, thanks for sharing your expertise with us. Much appreciated. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Good to have them and our earlier guest, Tom. And uh, as one guest earlier this hour mentioned, if you're a senior having trouble, contact your community's agency on aging. Thanks for listening to the Florida Roundup from WJCT Public Media in Jax and WLRN in Miami. Heather Schatz, Natu Tway, Catherine Hobbs, all helping produce. WLRN's Director of Radio Operations is Peter Merch. The program's technical supervisor is Richard Ives. Engineering help from Doug Peterson, Charles Michaels, and Josh Torres. Elliot Rodriguez answered the phones. Theme music is by Miami Jazz guitarist Aaron Libos at AaronLibos.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Tom Hudson. And I'm Melissa Ross. We'll be back next Friday. Have a great weekend. Support for the Florida Roundup comes from ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, family-owned and operated since 1936. Guests can shop any of ABC's 125 Florida stores and get curbside service through ABCFWS.